changes, but our God never changes. Situation changes, but our God never changes. Thank God. And how to is, uh, how many have uh, that, uh, any of the series of the book, uh, Something for Dummies? Something for Dummies. Computer for Dummies. Uh, you know, just, I, I read somewhere that there's a, a large number of volumes in that collection. I think it's over 50. Uh, they made a lot of money off of writing for dummies. <laughs> but now, we don't have to buy the books, we can Google. My brother was telling me about one of our nieces who uh, uh, inherited her uncle's house, that'd be a great uncle, and how she's making repairs in the house, a single mom, working on sheetrock, working on plumbing, doing all kinds of stuff on her own. And I thought, wow, that's great. And my wife said, oh, it's just Google. <laughs> Learning how on Google, how to. <laughs> Praise God. All right, Second Peter 2 and 9. Let's read it together. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Oh, the first part of that is exciting. And I guess the second part of it is too, in the sense that the devil is going to get his just due. Amen. But it should also serve as a warning to us that we've got to take heed to the first part of the verse and make sure that happens in our lives to avoid the second part. But thank God, he knows how to. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. I'm thankful that the Bible is, um, is very clear, very certain. Uh, the many times that you find the praise, uh, phrase, rather, it is written. And, uh, Sister John, I was teaching, I was noticing a couple of times there in John 6 that it is written. Praise God. And I'm thankful we can, uh, we can nail it down. We can know this is what God says in his word, and this is how we can live, this is how we can believe, and this is how we can be certain. Praise God. The Bible is clear and certain. A lot of people, um, uh, if you've uh, read a little bit or taking a literature class in, in college or whatever, and Shakespeare shows up, old Bill. And uh, everybody oohs and ahs about his writing ability and lots of quotes, lots of quotes from his plays that are still uh, very familiar. And if you're not careful, it, uh, there might just be some who would claim it as being sacred. It's not sacred. But you know what irks me? Is people can be so enamored with Shakespeare's writing and then claim that scripture is too hard to understand, or it's too boring, or it's too this or too that, and I can't spend time in it. But yet they'll discuss Shakespeare or uh, Chaucer or whoever else uh, that is uh, of the classics and, uh, and ignore the scripture. By the way, 
I, I was asked several times to lead uh, a chapel. Did we call it a chapel? I guess we called it a chapel uh, at the college I attended in Sitka. So we'd go into the dorm and, um, and there start, I would share from the Word of God. It was a great opportunity. In fact, we taught uh, exploring God's Word to one of the professors all the way through. It, it was a great opportunity. We taught one of the um, uh, students I was going through teacher education with and uh, baptized her and her family in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. A very exciting thing. We see them from time to time in Anchorage. Awesome. But I, I uh, uh, was getting ready to read my passage that I was going to share on, and I said, you'll have to pardon me. Uh, I am archaic. I read the King James Version. And one of the professors kind of snorted and, and said, that's not archaic, that's classic. <laughs> so... Maybe he liked the King James Version, too. But thank God for the classic in the Word of God. Amen. But how important that we find oftentimes the how-to. And certainly trusting God who knows how-to. Amen. I think about Solomon and how the Lord imparted knowledge and wisdom and understanding to him. But it became a, a, a situation that he acknowledged in 1 Kings 3 and 7 uh, when he took the throne, when he ascended to the place of leadership that his father David had. And David, remember, prepared with all his might for uh, the building of the temple. He had the desire to build that. And, uh, but the Lord said, no, it's going to be your son. God help us to be able to uh, do pray, amen, pray for the next generation. But now, O Lord, this is uh, Solomon's words in 1 Kings 3 and 7, now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. He was recognizing this responsibility is way beyond me. I'm not able to work with it. I'm not able to fulfill it. I'm not able to bring about the results that I desire. And, and many times in our lives, no matter what we face, uh, we, we come up against that wall. I don't know how, Lord. I don't know how to. And I'm thankful we can bring it to God. I'm thankful he didn't go wandering around to uh, any of the other aspects, well, the Greeks weren't around yet, the Romans weren't around yet, so he couldn't have gone to any of their philosophers in any of those aspects, but he went to the Lord. He called upon God. He asked God for an understanding heart to be able to judge and discern between good and evil, and God answered that prayer. I'm thankful that God delights in answering prayers that we bring before him, especially when we are at our rope's end. And we barely have sense enough to tie a knot at the end and hang on. And the Lord comes in and says, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I'm going to provide for you. Praise God. And I'm thankful that he is able to minister in that way. And God was delighted with his request. God gave him the wisdom and understanding and knowledge that he desired. And God gave him riches and honor as well. 
There's no ending to what the Lord can do. There's no, uh, no place and, and, and boundary that the Lord says, okay, that's all I'm going to give you. No, there's more that he's able to provide. And Solomon, we know, demonstrated that wisdom in the case of the child. And uh, people were all amazed at what he did. You know, parenting is tough. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord gives that job to amateurs. <laughs> people who've never done it before. And then those of us who have done it before, we're too worn out. <laughs> we're not able to, to step in and do the work. But our patience and our presence, you know, I thought about that. Our patience and our presence are the two things that matter the most. Amen. God help us in the how-to. But that poor uh, those two moms that came, you know, they had their children, and the one children, uh, child rather died in the night, and uh, they brought the dilemma to Solomon. You know, uh, 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 she took my child uh, because hers uh, was suffocated in, in the night in the bed and so on, all, whatever the circumstances were, and, uh, and the other woman said, no, 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 that's, that's my child, and back and forth. Solomon listened, called for a sword, divide the child. And uh, knowing that the uh, real mother would want the child to live. Praise God. Wow, you can really get some political power out of that one, couldn't you? Um, but anyway, it, uh, the dilemma was resolved when the real mother said, no, 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 I, I want the child to live, let her Take the child and Solomon knew she's the mother, give the child to her. And all the kingdom was amazed at that. Well, they should have been amazed because God gave him the how-to. Solomon wrote 3,000 proverbs. He wrote over 1,000 songs, uh, prolific in all of this stuff uh, because God provided for him. The Queen of Sheba came with the understanding that Solomon's kingdom was enormous. It was amazing. It was incredible. She reported the half was not told me. In other words, she, she declared it's twice as much as I thought it was going to be. It's double what I thought uh, I, I was going to see. Now, that's amazing of what God can do. Praise God. And the Lord can bless you so that there would be that evidence as well. And I thank God that it may not be uh, in wealth, it may not be in riches, it may not be in tangible material things, but oh my, the peace of God that passes understanding, keeping our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How can you put a price on that? Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what the Lord provides. Isaiah said in, in uh, Isaiah 50 and 4, um, this is, this is his, his word, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. I suppose this would encapsulate a little bit of what we heard at the retreat. 
knowing how to minister, knowing how to provide, knowing how to reach out, praise God, knowing how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Praise God, because there's a lot of difficulty in our world today. A lot that philosophy and psychology and, and any of the other uh, aspects of man making the effort to help is not going to reach. I thank God for what, what is in place and what is going on and uh, the efforts that are going forth. I'm not going to disparage that at all, but it cannot take the place of the God who is able to provide his help and his blessing and give the how to. Praise God. I'm thankful that the hand of the Lord is there to impart the wisdom that speakers and saints who comfort the church are able to manifest for his goodness. Thank God for the fellowship of the church. Amen. Now, man's lack of how to spiritually is what Paul was addressing in Romans 7. In Romans 7, it, it sounds pretty lost. Uh, it, it sounds pretty hopeless. It sounds pretty weak. And uh, what Paul is doing is addressing the lack of how-to. I don't know. I can't do it. It can't come forth. Verse, uh, verse 13, or I'm sorry, 18. Romans 7, 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will, you know, I want to, is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. I don't have the power, I don't have the ability, I don't have the means. I want to, but I fall short, and I don't know what to do. In me dwelleth no good thing. In this flesh, there's only the desire for sin, only the desire to walk away from God. Only the desire to satisfy the lusts and, and uh, pleasures that I seek. And, uh, you know, there would be those who'd say, no way. No way. That, that's not right. That's not true. But my goodness, you look at the crime statistics now. You look at the situation that's developed now at the southern border. You look at all of the aspects of, of, of man. And you recognize you know, there wouldn't be the uh, import, Im, imparting, importing of fentanyl and all that stuff if there wasn't a market for it. But that's the problem. There wouldn't be a billion dollar industry of pornography if there wasn't a desire for it and a market for it. That's the problem. And that's what Paul is addressing. I don't know how to escape this. I don't know how to overcome it. I don't know how to get beyond it. But thank God he gives the answer and provides that power in the blessing of the Lord. Now, we know no flesh can glory in the presence of God. No flesh can, can, can boast about overcoming and saying, I've, I achieved it uh, on my own. The will to do good is there, but not the how-to. And Paul was a good man. He, he could boast about being obedient to the law, being a Pharisee, being of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. But he wasn't good enough until he met the Lord and got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and got filled with the Spirit. His eyesight came back. 
Amen. It was more than just the physical eyesight that needed to be restored. It was the spiritual eyesight that he needed to have. And thank God the Lord can open that up for us as well. The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit. Paul, Paul wrote about it so eloquently in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. Well, he wrote about it eloquently because the Lord was telling him what to write. <laughs> we, can't, we can't, you know, we say Paul wrote, but it was the Lord that told him to write. The natural man, 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, or 1 Corinthians 2, 14, sorry. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness unto him. Something to laugh about, something to mock, something to disparage, something to dismiss. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant, old-fashioned, outdated. We need something more up-to-date. Well, God's Word is not going to pass away. Amen. And thank the Lord we can put our trust in, in Him. And the natural man can't know the spiritual things, the things of the Spirit, because they're spiritually discerned, and he's not ready to make that transition into the spiritual from the flesh. So the natural man says it's foolish to get in a tank of water, even though it's warm, and get all wet, have a few words said over you, and come up out of that water thinking you're redeemed. Your sins have been remitted. Your guilt has been washed. Foolish! But they need to try it because the name of Jesus Christ is powerful. Powerful. Praise God. And what a difference it makes. It's not just getting wet. It's the power of the name of Jesus and the covering of his blood that makes a difference. Naaman thought dipping himself in the Jordan was stupid. That didn't make any sense. I thought the prophet would come out and, and make a big to-do over me, wave his hand, say a few words, do all of that you know, ceremony. That's what he was used to. He's a, a man of valor. He's a captain in the Syrian army. He's had many, many victories. And he's had many, many acclaims, much recognition. But the prophet didn't even come out and say hi. Told him, go dip in the Jordan. Seven times. He muttered, shook his head, until finally his men said, if he'd asked you to do something great and expensive and extensive, you'd have done it. But now he's just asking you, walk down to the river, dip yourself seven times, and see what happens. See, the natural man, you know, say, that doesn't make sense. I, the waters of Farpa and all, you know, he started naming the rivers that were better in Damascus than the rivers in this old muddy Jordan. But his men convinced him, give it a try. And so he did. And you can imagine, first, second, third, fourth, comes up, wipes the muddy water away from his eyes. And they're counting, they're counting, almost like a cadence. Five, six, seven, and right before their eyes, right before Naaman's eyes, his flesh was like a little child's. 
all the leprosy was gone. All the sores were gone. All the digits that had fallen off were replaced. Praise God. The power of God is there. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God he knows the how-to. Amen. We might ask the why. We might ask the how come. But he knows the how-to. Praise God. And oh, I'm thankful God pours out his spirit and causes us to speak in a language we don't understand. Why? Because he wants us to have a concrete experience. You go down dry, you come up wet. You know that. Amen. You speak in a language you don't understand. God wants it to be there so that when the devil comes with his lies and the devil comes with his deceit, you can declare, I know what God did for me. I know what happened to me. I know the provision that the Lord provides for me. Because it's not just speaking in tongues. It's the comforter. It's the counselor. It's the spirit of truth. It's the teacher of righteousness. Praise God. It's all of these things that he provides for us. And we move into that realm of understanding the goodness of God. Anoint with oil. Pray over the sick. Call on the name. Why? <laughs> so he can be healed. Praise God. And oh, how many times it has happened. And how many times it's been blessed. I told you, seeing Sister Herring, Brother Lou, praise God, and many, many others, no doubt. And we're not aware of what happened in their lives, but God, God provided the answer. God made the way. Hallelujah. And so we transi transition, we transcend from the flesh into the spirit because the Lord is able to do that work. He's the one who opens the prison doors. He's the one that gives a recovering of sight to the blind. He's the one who heals the brokenhearted. He's the one who sets at liberty them that are bruised because he knows how to. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful we can put our trust in him. Now, Luke 11, I like, to, I like to look at Luke 11 because it, it says how much more. And you, you heard me emphasize that again and again. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? But the illustration that he makes before that is amazing. You fathers, you know how to give good gifts to your children. You know, the serpent the scorpion, the stone, no, 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 no. You're going to give bread. You're going to give eggs. You know, he told me, you know how to do that. And then he goes on to how much more. Praise God. And he assures, ask, seek, knock. Amen. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. And then, I, as I said, the focus is on the spirit that is given. Praise God. Does Amelia know about the picture? Okay. Well, here we go. Favor. This is favor. Not yet. Favor. The hand of God. The blessing of the Lord. The, the, the goodness that the Lord provides. Brother and Sister Parrish came down from Fairbanks to the retreat because we were honoring them as, as, uh, for serving 16 years as a district superintendent. And uh, they were not able to be at the camp meeting, so we moved the, not a ceremony, but the, you know, the honoring, moved it to the minister's retreat. So they're there. And 
uh, it was rightly done. It was, it, it was nice. It, it was good. And um, Brother Parrish was uh, needing a, a new coat. Um, it, it's cold in Fairbanks, so he wanted a new overcoat. He went to the mall, uh, wandered about and found a, a men's clothing, went in, looked around, and he thought, this is an expensive place, but he thought, I'm going to look anyway. He went to the rack and looked through a, a few coats, uh, top coats, you know, and uh, found the one that felt good, looked good. And, uh, ah, this will do until the price tag became visible, over $1,000. Now that's some kind of coat. And he put it back. And he heard a voice asking him, you like that coat? Yeah, but I'm not going to get it. He said, yeah, we'll take it. No, no, he said. I said, argue with the man. No, you can't buy me this coat. Yes, I will. The lady came. He said, would you get this coat ready for him? I don't know if they were took the one off the rack or if he was wanting one in the back. Anyway, um, he told Brother Parrish, I'm, I'm going to get you that coat. You come by in the morning and pick it up. And so, Amelia, if you'd go ahead with the picture. Here he is. And when he went to pick it up the next morning, the lady said, I have never seen anything like this. She said, can I give you a hug? <laughs> I guess she wanted some of that favor to rub off on her. But there's Brother Parrish with his $1,000 coat. Pretty incredible, isn't it? Because God knows how to give his favor. <laughs> Praise God. Now, that's never happened before to Brother Parrish, probably never happen again, and probably not happen to any of us. But the coat of many colors that Joseph had was lost. The coat was lost to Mrs. Potiphar, but Pharaoh put a coat on him that was not going to be lost. And it really wasn't Pharaoh, it was God. Because God knows how to restore. He knows how to give. He knows how to bless. He knows how to lift up. Praise God. And oh, the influence that Joseph had was amazing compared to the influence that he had in Potiphar's house and in the prison. Now he's in the palace, and the influence just multiplies because God knows how to use his people, and he will use you for his glory because he knows how to. We don't know how to. We're stumped. We're stymied. We're, we're intimidated. But God knows how to move you forward to do a work. Praise God. And I'm thankful he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. No sin to have temptation, right? 
Not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to the temptation. It's a sin to let the temptation go over and over and over in your mind. That's why the Bible says, cast down imaginations. Cast them down. Don't entertain them. Don't roll them over and over in your head. Cast down imagination. Bring every thought into the captivity of Christ, the obedience that he demonstrated. Amen. And, and, and get rid of them. See, James 1 and 15, James made sure we understood you're not being tempted by God. God's not given the temptation. Don't be confused there. But when lust hath conceived, James 1, 15, it bringeth forth sin and death. And when it is finished, I'm glad there was another phrase, it is finished, that he uttered on the cross. Amen. Um, you know, we sometimes hear it preached that, you know, he shouted it out. It is finished. He's been hanging on the cross for six hours. I think it just barely came out. I, I think it was a groan. It is finished. Huh. He was dealing with sin. He was given the how to overcome. You don't have to give in to lust and sin and end up in death. No, no, no. He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Amen. Back in the 60s, there was the LSD, the hallucinogenic psychedelic drug that they're all so enamored with. The unfortunate thing, there were some that never came back from those trips. Sad, difficult, heartbreaking. But oh, I'm so thankful our God is able to make a change. He's able to help us to overcome. He's able to bring us into that salvation that he paid for, that he finished. Praise God. And he is able to do that work for us as well. David was delivered from the lion and the bear. Daniel was delivered from the lion. Paul said, the Lord delivered me out of the mouth of the lion. What lion is he talking about? The Roman Empire. The, the situations that came against him. But he said, I know the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his kingdom that heavenly kingdom. 2 Timothy 4.17, if you would, Amelia. 2 Timothy 4.17, uh, uh, David is, you know, David's already been delivered from, or Paul, rather, Paul's been delivered from the sinking ship. Paul delivered from the biting snake. Paul delivered from those circumstances that were, would have weighed him down and brought him to a place where he could not uh, even function. But he said, the Lord delivered out of the mouth of the lion. I was delivered. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me under the heavenly kingdom. Praise God. And I'm thankful for that power and that blessing. Now, he also knows how to reserve the unjust for judgment. He knows how to reserve the sinner for the place that Satan is going to lead him to. I don't want that to happen to us. 
I don't want that to happen to me. You know, in Bible school, I was thinking about the, uh, uh, the statements that were made as we're sitting in class. Not a powerful service, not a, not a victorious time. We're just sitting in class. And the teacher would say, it's true. Some of you are not going to make it. The law of averages says, some of you are going to fall away. You know what went through my mind? It's not going to be me. Not going to happen to me. Doesn't matter what I face, I am not going to quit. I am not going to stop. Praise God. I may not have known the how-to at that moment. Just a 19, 20-year-old kid. But I determined I'm not going to fall away. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to lose out. I'm not going to fail. Praise God. And oh, I'm thankful the Lord has given me the how-to time and time and time again to keep on going. I don't know it all. I'm not trying to say that. Far from it. But I know how to call on the one who does know. I know how to to turn it over to him. Praise God. And the angels that sin, Peter wrote, are cast down and reserved in chains of darkness unto judgment. The sinful are likened to a well of water, uh, or a well rather without water, and tempest-tossed clouds without rain. But the mist of darkness is reserved for them forever. I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. The same word, the same word that brought the flood has now reserved this world unto fire. That's the power of God's word. Amen. But I want his power to be displayed in deliverance. Amen. In salvation, in glory, in blessing, not judgment. Punishment is a painful penalty. And there are many, many, many that are walking down that road. And that's why we've got to step forward. A city that's set on a hill can't be hid. You've got to shine that light. Amen. It may be irritating to them. It may be what they're going to reject and all of that, but you've still got to let it shine. Praise God. And let the power of the Lord be displayed. We keep learning. We keep leaning. The more we learn, the more we got to lean on those everlasting arms because there's divine deliverance and a final deliverance. Praise God. I was thinking as I was sitting there, what if the trumpet were to sound right now? Praise God. Yeah, a hundred of us blasting off out of there. Amen. Hallelujah. But it doesn't matter where or what, where, what's going on as long as we're serving the Lord and we're taken out of this world because the Lord knows how to bring it about. Amen. This corruptible will put on incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality. How? Paul said it's a mystery. But we know, amen, he's going to do it. Hallelujah. And 
the one who delivers us from sickness, the one who delivers us from sin, the one who keeps us going year after year. Here we are in 2024. We, for sure we thought the Lord was coming far, far before this. 50 years of marriage? We thought, man, the Lord's coming way before we get to any of those landmarks you know, that are celebrated. But here we are. What do we do? Give up? No. No, 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 no. God's proven himself faithful so many times. So often, so frequently, so abundantly. We're just going to keep going. Keep going. Praise God. Because he is powerful and wonderful and he knows how to deliver you out of temptation. Praise God. Let's stand now. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Great and mighty is his holy name. Amen. God, my Savior. God, my healer. God, my deliverer. Because he knows how to. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thankful that's who we're serving. I'm thankful that's who we're calling upon. I'm thankful that's who we're believing. Praise God. And oh, the blessings of the Lord that are so great and so powerful, so wonderful. Amen. And the hand of God is there. No, somebody may not buy me a $1,000 coat. That's all right. I've got a coat of righteousness that I'm not going to let get dirty, that I'm not going to trade off for anything that the world wants to give me. No, no. I'm going to keep going. Hallelujah, and be in the presence of the Lord. Can we come and pray here now?